This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In a move that is so not characteristic of me, I have already started my Puerto Rico packing list. Oh, Ma, I'm impressed. What is on this list? Well, I have a lot of items on it. What I realized is that I need to shop for maxi dresses because I wrote down maxi dresses, and the problem is I don't actually own any maxi dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I think my entire packing list is going to be sunscreen, 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 and sunscreen. Yeah. You are going to have to be very careful. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why this is a fun job and we enjoy it. Yes. And in Take a Hike, we're going to talk about the beauty of lighting a fire metaphorically and in my case literally then we will amplify the work of a female graphic novelist and liz will reveal what novel she's tearing through during her downtime finally this week's hollywood hack will help you get the most out of your day but first we have an update uh we just wanted to mention we all watched the inauguration of president joe biden last week and sarah we wanted to take a moment to talk about youth poet laureate amanda gorman and her poem the hill we climb i mean damn she is 22 years old she blew us away she blew everyone in the country away i am literally holding back tears right now just thinking about her i am she is the one of the most unbelievably amazing human beings I've ever like come across. Yes. Um, and we were so excited to learn that one, she's from Los Angeles. Um, yes. and two, she was part of the Right Girl LA program, which I used to be a mentor for. And she was a yes. mentee with Right Girl. And it's such an amazing program. But how cool is that? I was like, yay, Right Girl, like to have helped contribute oh to who this brilliant woman is. And yay, Amanda Gorman. I, she just, she's yes. radiant. Yes, radiant. I pre-ordered her book of poems. Um, I went on Amazon <laughs> and so did everyone else, apparently, because it I went did. number one <laughs> on Amazon the day of the inauguration. And I think now she's up to like two and a half million Instagram followers, Twitter followers, you know, because everyone <laughs> yeah. was just like, who is this woman? Yeah, she's incredible. Um, and she also has a children's book coming out called Change Sings. Um, so we'll link to her books in our show notes. But I mean, you'll be falling 
all over them everywhere. Yeah. And I also want to point out she has an amazing interview with Anderson Cooper. You can Google it to watch it and we'll put it in the links in our show notes also. But the cool thing is she has a mantra that she says every time she's about to perform a poem. So I was like, she's a mantra person. Amanda Gorman is just like us. I know. Her mantra's cooler than any mantra I've ever had. (laughs) Yes, definitely Google it. Someone said, Sarah, she's not a superstar. She's a supernova. And it is so true. Yes, absolutely. Check out Amanda Gorman. Okay, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's remembering that it's a fun job and we enjoy it. That is definitely one of our mantras. Yes. And we end every podcast with that phrase. And it is true. It is a fun job and we do enjoy it. But as we (laughs) dive into showrunning Fantasy Island, we can't help but be reminded it's also a stressful job. Which is why we started saying that mantra in the first place. Yeah. So, Liz, you remember the story of the origin of this mantra better than I do. So you were going to tell the story of where this came from. Yes. So there was a writer strike in 2007, and we had been show running a Women's Murder Club, the show we created for ABC at the during, you know, right when the strike happened. And so we were about to go back. The strike was resolved. We were supposed to return to our job. And it was sort of like after a a few months of not working at all, suddenly we were facing show running again. And we were apprehensive, nervous, of course, very excited as well. Um, And we were having dinner at home, one of our favorite uh, restaurants. And talking about this. And I said, I'm just going to keep telling myself it's a fun job and I enjoy it. (laughs) And you just like, you just like went for that. You're like, yes, it's a fun job and I enjoy it. That's what we're (laughs) going to tell ourselves. And then Sarah, you even had signs made for us, wooden signs and for our friends, uh, Monica and Allison that say it's a fun job and I enjoy it. And I think we've mentioned on the podcast and probably posted pictures. We always have those hanging in our office. And then in a lovely, ironic turn, thanks to James Patterson, we got fired from that show and never actually went back. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the funny thing. We got the mantra lasted uh, for years to come and the job lasted another 24 hours. Yes. (laughs) And that is Hollywood for you. Right. But anyway, here we are back in the pressure cooker. And it's just... Like, of course, this is what we want, but it is just an inherently stressful job because on every single show, there's never enough money and there's never enough time. And so much has to happen so fast. And on top of that, so many people have to weigh in about what's happening. We say this with every show we do, but I think on this show, it's even extra true. There is less time than probably ever before for us because we the show was pitched to series so there's no pilot so yeah we have a very very short schedule before we start shooting and we don't have a pilot so it's even more compressed than usual yes and then of course being writers um, of the show as well we're also regularly scheduling calls for people to basically sit and tell us everything they don't like about the work we're doing. Yes. <laughs> you know, the ego does <sighs> suffer, you know. 
Yes. It can be hard to handle. We I remember on Angel, one of our first jobs, um, a writer named Jeffrey Bell said to us, you need to know that from now on, your career is taking criticism. Uh, he yes. said that before our first note session with Joss and Tim Minear. Um, and boy, <laughs> was he right. Yes, that has proven to be true. So, Liz... I love that your mom even understands how stressful the showrunner's job can be. She listened to a podcast where Michael Patrick King was interviewed. Yes, a podcast called Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus. Um, she was interviewing Michael Patrick King, who, of course, ran Sex in the City forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called me and said, oh, my gosh, Michael Patrick King was just saying, like, being a showrunner is like the worst job, even in the best of circumstances. Um, and it's not the worst job. It's a great job. It's just a lot. Like, it's yes. it, it's a it's it's a lot to handle. So you and I are determined to stay mentally healthy and to handle it well. I mean, it's kind of, you said to me years ago, it's how you hold it and we want to hold it well. Exactly. And part of that is reminding ourselves of our mantra. I mean, this is why we have the mantra. It's a fun job and we enjoy it. I mean, we have to, and why I had signs made so we don't just forget that. So that when we look up at the wall, It's right there in front of us um, as a daily reminder. Of course, now we don't have an office, uh, so the sign is wrapped up somewhere. (laughs) It's in bubble wrap in my garage, but, you know, it's in my mentally it's it's up here. Yes. Um, But but one thing is it definitely helps to realize that we can only control what is directly in our hands. Like, we don't have control of other people. We don't have control of other people's opinions. We don't have control of when things happen. We can just control what we have. And meetings are scheduled. Yeah. And you said it was reminding you of this game um, Overcooked that Kimberly, (laughs) our new assistant, told you about. Yes, this is a Nintendo game. And um, Kimberly plays it, and, and so I got it to play with Violet. And it's basically you have to cook things. You have to cook soup or you have to make burgers and you get points when you serve them. And it's very cooperative. Like some, there's one side of the kitchen where the person is cutting the lettuce and there's another side where the person is assembling things. And you cannot complete the entire process by yourself. It's just impossible. Mm. So the best way to get the most points is to work together. But a lot of the time you're just sitting and waiting for someone else to do their part. It's like, I can't put lettuce on the sandwich till you cut the lettuce. So I'm waiting (laughs) for you to cut the lettuce and bring it over here. And it can be very frustrating, but it's also just, it is what it is. Sometimes you just have to wait for the lettuce to come. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to hold that and remember Mm. just, it's, you know, the lettuce is not in my hands right now. Another thing, Sarah, that I think is helping me remember it's a fun job and I enjoy it is to remember how much I enjoy working with the other writers. Like, that's one of the most fun things. And also that we can ask for their help. Yes. (laughs) Not to be afraid. We have a great small but fantastic (laughs) staff who are ready, willing, and able to help. And um, thank goodness for that. Um, And so I think that having this great staff and also the camaraderie helps. Yes. And to remember that almost always 
There are times when it doesn't, but almost always it all works out. It's really just about continuing to move forward with a positive attitude and remembering it's a fun job and we enjoy it. Yes. And also trust in our ability. Like we have been doing this for a long time, although every show is different, like the same problems come up over and over again. So it's likely that we will know how to handle it, even if it looks different. It's kind of something we've dealt with before. Yes, absolutely. And just also remembering we're making TV. We're not like trying to create a vaccine, for example, or trying to distribute a vaccine or (laughs) do anything like life-saving. No lives are at stake here, assuming we closely follow COVID protocols on set, which we absolutely will do. Yes. Sarah, I just should tell you right after we got this green light, like probably within the hour um, (laughs) for Fantasy Island, I like snapped at Adam about something about like the way the linen closet was organized. And (laughs) then and he was not happy about it. And then I started getting really defensive. And then I just stopped and I said, you know what? I am sorry. I have anticipatory stress. I'm not even (laughs) stressed yet. I'm anticipating it and I'm being a jerk. And I don't want to be that during this show. I don't want to be like taking lashing out at everybody around me because I'm stressed. So I'm really going to try not to. So I told him to call me on it when he sees it. What's well, interesting because you've never been in like these tight quarters running a show. <laughs> That's, you know, true. like, <laughs> yeah, he's right there to yell at <laughs> Exactly. Um, Which brings me to what I, it's funny because I had a lot of stress lift once they picked up the show. I was really stressed before, like, is it going to go? Is it going to go? And then just like, once it got picked up, I was like, okay, lots of stress lifted from me. But then I find as we're, you know, getting into the work, the sort of pandemic work-life overlap stresses me out. Yes. Violet coming in on school breaks or like her Wi-Fi goes out or she gets kicked off and dealing with just frustration of school stuff or just like being, you know, sometimes she's just bored. She's eight years old. (laughs) It's like here all the time, you know. Yes. Without playmates or teachers. Yes. (laughs) So I just have to remind myself to go with the flow. This is where we are. And there are good things about having this time together. Like, as soon as, you know, we're all, please God, vaccinated and back to our normal lives, like, she'll be in school at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I won't be home until 7 o'clock at night. And, you know, it'll be a completely different thing. Like, I have to appreciate the interruptions and try to enjoy them. Yes. And Sarah, I mean, our job is stressful. So many people have stressful jobs. As you said, there are people trying to distribute a vaccine to 250 million people. (laughs) So we get that we are not the only ones stressed. And we would love to hear from all of you out there. Um, Do you have a fun job that you enjoy? What are your tips for keeping it all in perspective when the stress hits? Let us know at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, we're going to talk about why you should light a fire. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our Take a Hike segment where we talk about physical, spiritual, and mental health. And this week, it's mental health. We want you to light a fire. What does that mean? Okay, so we have a fireplace at 
my house in Minnesota that had never been used. Like before we got here, (laughs) the house is like 20 years old. Literally, the fireplace had never been used. My mom was very scared of forest fires up here. And it became this kind of mental block for everyone. Mm, Like, mm -hmm. would the fire even work? Was it safe after all this time? Like, would it be insane, like insanely expensive to have it checked? And, you know, just it was. And for years, it's been a subject of discussion. Like, Mm -hmm. should I get a get, you know, should I have some other kind of thing installed? Like the fire is played. Don't you have one of those fireplaces where you just install it? Yes, and you flip a switch, which is great, but it's not the same as a real roaring wood fire by any means, but it's pleasant. <laughs> yes. And it's easy. So, so it was, there were all these solutions that weren't ideal and also I never did anything about because I was just right. locked. Yeah. So as it turned out, it took like three phone calls and some very nice fire in this case men, some very nice firemen came and looked at the fireplace. It costs $200, and now we have fires all the time. Like, sometimes on the weekend, we'll just have a fire all day long, and it's so wonderful. Like, it makes us all so happy. It's just delightful. Yes, which is why this week we want to challenge all of you to light a fire. We all have things in our lives like Sarah's fireplace, some kind of, oh, we don't do that thing. We don't use the grill. That's us. We don't use that room. (laughs) Something that seems like you can't do it or like it would be really hard to make it work. Yes. But if you think about it, if you're willing to make a phone call or just read an instruction manual or look at a video, it might be something you can add to your life and get so much out of. Yes, it could just be like there's a spot in your house that really bothers you because you need to unclutter it or something that needs a repair that feels overwhelming. Like you said, literally sometimes it's just going on Google to see how to fix something. Sarah, I can tell you what mine is right now, which is is my desktop computer. Ah, I I think like my mouse ran out of batteries or the keyboard or something. And I haven't used it for like three years, but I'm just sitting here (laughs) thinking, I mean, I could be using it a lot. Yes. And I'm sure it's very useful to have a desktop computer with this enormous monitor. Yes, exactly. And it probably would take like literally all of five minutes to replace the batteries in the mouse. Okay, so that's the fire I'm going to light, getting my (laughs) desktop computer, like, workable. Yeah, and here's what I would say to our listeners. Whatever just popped into your head, that's the thing for you. That's the fire you need to light. Because I'm guessing every single person was like, oh, right, like that, hmm, that I haven't been dealing with. And it's usually not that bad. That's the thing. Yeah. Then you have a roaring fireplace or a computer you can use. Many people probably have actual fireplaces, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> You're in your spot. <laughs> exactly. Definitely have it checked for safety first. Yes. We love to hear from you. Let us know what light a fire means in your life, what it sparks for you. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. All right, it is time for our Amplify segment where we amplify women and people of color. And this week, we want to bring your attention to two amazing authors. Yes, Sarah, I want to recommend a book I'm reading called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, It was actually a number one New York Times bestseller, but nonetheless, I hadn't heard of it. So I'm guessing others haven't heard of it um, who don't check the bestseller list. 
And I'm just going to read a description. This is from the jacket of the book. The Veen sisters will always be identical, but after growing up together in a small Southern Black community and running away at age 16, it's not just the shape of their daily lives that is different as adults, it's everything, including their racial identities. Many years later, one sister lives with her Black daughter in the same Southern town she once tried to escape. Across the country, the other secretly passes for white, and her white husband knows nothing of her past. Still, although separated by so many miles and just as many lies, the fates of the twins remain intertwined. What will happen when their own daughter's storylines intersect? So I'm reading this, Sarah, in my Read 21 for 21, Uh reading 21 minutes a day. I am reading this every chance I get, and I recommend it. It sounds so good. And I want to amplify a young graphic novelist, Raina Telgemeier. She's also award-winning and best-selling, but I have mm-hmm. to say, I don't know if I would have gotten her books for Violet because I was never really into graphic novels, except for Why the Last Man, which is amazing. But Violet's friend Alex gave her Raina Telgemeier's book Smile for her birthday a couple years ago, and she has since devoured every single book that Raina Telgemeier has written. There are just so few women graphic novelists, especially in the middle grade and young adult space. And she's just amazing. Like she uses her own personal experience from growing up. And her stories are so relatable to kids. Violet connects with them in a way that she doesn't to other books. And she like, because she kind of opens up topics of discussion. They're just absolutely fantastic. And Violet loves to read. And I don't know if she would love reading so much if she hadn't discovered, thanks to Alex and her wonderful mom, Kathleen, if she hadn't discovered these books when she did. So if you have a kid in your life who, particularly a girl, these books are an absolute must. They really foster a love, 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 love of reading. Raina Telgemeier. We will link to some of the books. Yes. Coming up, we have a Hollywood hack that is going to help you be more productive. Isn't that great? But first, this break. All right, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Know when you're most productive, like down to the hour, and plan to do your most demanding work then. Yes, everyone has a time of day when their brain is firing on all cylinders, and it's very easy to use that time on tasks you can do later, like going through emails or reading the news online. And you want to be doing the hardest work of your day when your brain is at its peak. Yeah. And of course, it's different for everyone. (laughs) I have to say this is kind of an aspirational hack for me because my time, my best, most productive time is in the morning. And that's right when Violet is like waking up and getting ready for school. Like, So my Mm. most productive time for now is out, (laughs) but but not necessarily for others. (laughs) What, Liz, what's your best, most productive time? You know, I think mine is like probably... Often 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., which is not great right now because when we're trying to work together, for you, that's like 5 to 8, which is way past your productive time. So we are having some issues syncing our productive time. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I also think there's that if I'm doing hardcore writing, but also the morning for me, like 10 a.m. is when I definitely, I think like many people just feel very awake and not yet, don't yet have Zoom fatigue. Part of this obvi- yeah. is different because of Zoom. Like definitely with Zoom earlier is better. Yeah. But you and I often work on the phone, which is not as taxing as Zoom. Yeah. And we had a uh, an experience recently where you did a draft of something in your most productive time. And right. then the next day I took it over close to my most productive time once Violet was in school. And that actually worked out really well. Yes. I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot of that um, on <laughs> I this think show. So. Yes. Quite a lot, yes. But we realize it's very important that we discuss this and be aware of it because, like, we're doing room hours, obviously, with the staff. And we're like, we want to be doing those hours when we're at our best yeah. because that's the most important work we have to do is figuring out the stories and the scripts. Yeah, and then use the hours when our brain is tired to do all the stuff that doesn't matter as much, like returning emails and scheduling stuff and all of that. Exactly. Um, And this obviously doesn't just apply to us. This is something that applies to everyone across the board. Yes, which is why we are mentioning it as a Hollywood (laughs) hack. It's like, figure out that time and be disciplined about what you do during that time. Yes. And if you're in your 20s and your brain never gets tired and the entire day is your most productive time, one, I want to, like, punch you in the face a little bit. No offense. And two, (laughs) file this away for later because you will need it later. (laughs) And this may seem obvious, but it is so easy to let that time pass on trivial things. So don't do that. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We'd love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole 30s Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fane. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. (laughs) And we enjoy it. Our fireplace in our house is not safe to use. They asked, I, I got it inspected and they said, Yes, and there's two flues. There's one, there's a front and a back to it, and uh-huh. they want $9,000 each to fix them. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it was not a $200 solution for you, no. Chuck. But we are going to get a $200 electric fireplace insert. Okay. <laughs> See, there you go. So you will be able to light a fire of sorts. Well, it, 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 it's not the same, but it's uh, it'll give us the glow. <laughs> yes, with the flick of a button. Yes, for $17,800 less. <laughs> <laughs>
From the Onward Project.